hey, you know what to do, you're grown, you know what's right. 19, 16, I, don't, I never know exactly what those mean, but we're somewhere in that ballpark. It's one o'clock in the afternoon in Auburn, Alabama, and this place was lit. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the College Loop Podcast, the 19th episode of the College Loop Podcast. And we are recording right after an Auburn Tigers basketball win, which it's been a hot minute we've been able to record after one of those. Uh, Auburn wins uh, 94-73 to against Georgia Bulldogs, getting the win streak back in Neville Arena. And just a all-around great game. And I'm, of course, joined the day by Harrison Tarr, as always, at by Harrison Tarr on Twitter. And special guest today, we got Will Cruz back on here for the second show that he's been our, on. Our first returning guest. Yeah, it must have not been that bad the first go around, guys. So appreciate. No, 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 you were. Bring me back. We're we're oh. giving you redemption. Okay, well, I'm totally up for that. I'm up for that. <laughs> no, Daniel walked today. He was at the game, and he's also has has to do some work with uh, Weagle, doing his WWE show. And uh, I know Will's kind of upset about that because he really wanted to show off his Yankees merch, which Daniel, we all know, would have absolutely adored and not said anything about that. Yeah, he would have probably tried to hug you through the Zoom. (laughs) But yeah, great all-around game for the Tigers. Uh, A game that we've been waiting to see for quite some time now. And it seemed like tonight everything clicked for him. Let me tell you something, Dylan. Uh, This game was almost perfect in terms of the solution after two back-to-back losses. Uh, No game's perfect, Cruz. Don't get me wrong. You know I'm more critical than anyone. But... This was the perfect bounce back in the right areas for the right people, for the for the right set um, for Auburn after two losses. I mean, last last game you kind of throw away because how do you defend someone who sinks seven threes? But, uh, I mean, and it begins with Janai Broom, a first half double-double. Oh my God, that guy's ridiculous. Uh, Wendell Green Jr., I've seen the Harlem Globetrotters not make shots that difficult. Um, <laughs> we got good Alan Flanagan tonight. And, uh, I mean, there's just there's just so many points here. Katie Johnson, man, that's where I want to start. And I, I know that that's, that's, a, that's an obscure one usually, but the past three halves of basketball we've seen out of Katie Johnson, I'll go as far as saying they've been good. <laughs> <laughs> not a stretch, not a stretch, Harrison. I mean, like, you know, Travis Scott coined the term like sicko mode with that album back in the day. <laughs> um, and nice little tribute to Tom Brady with your hat. I see you out here, Harrison. That was the plug. Um, Thank you for catching that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Katie Johnson is best when he goes into berserko mode. And 13 points tonight didn't take, uh, like, a plethora of shots. Usually that's where he gets into trouble when he starts forcing up bad shots. He was aggressive going to the rim. Um, But he's also patient and facilitating well. So, like you said, the last three halves of Katie Johnson are the Katie Johnson is the Katie Johnson that this Auburn team really needs going forward, especially, you know, as we look forward to the rest of the schedule, which is Auburn's most difficult part of the season. Yeah, it doesn't get any easier, Cruz. Uh, and, and the fact that you played this well um, against two guards that you, I mean, let's let's face it, got bullied by um, just just a month ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, that That's an encouraging sight for, for, for Auburn fans. And, and if you look at the box here, I mean, there, there's there's really not much that you, you can ask in terms of, yeah, Georgia shot the lights out, actually. They shot very well from three. I'm going to say something I never thought I would say about this 2022-23 Auburn team. Auburn shot magnificently well from the perimeter tonight, and they took good shots. Uh, they won the battle of the guards. Uh, Janai Broom just made people look stupid down low, um, and you did all this with kind of an averagely quiet night from Jalen Williams. Uh Alan Flanagan's getting more and more consistent by the game. He'll trickle off, and then you'll start to be like, maybe, maybe we, you know, maybe need to pump, pump the brakes on him being back. And then he just does this. Uh, <laughs> this could set Auburn up pretty well. Cruz, I don't know about you, but I feel not terrible going into Tennessee on Saturday. Well, yeah, and it definitely helps that they just lost to Florida, right? You guys, I mean, it, it, it might not help, actually, because, you know, teams like a good team is not likely to, to lose two in a row. But um, in terms of just looking at where Auburn is at right now, um, they're in a really good spot. I mean, tonight, the decision making was what impressed me the most. Like Georgia played, uh, went to that zone defense for a majority of the second half. 
And we've seen plenty of times that Auburn offense this season and years past even get really stagnant um, against a zone and just pass the ball around the perimeter and end up having to force a shot. But the the decision making was evident from all the the lobs. First of all, I mean it was just over over again like Alan Flanagan and Dylan Cardwell just flying over defenders to slam the ball um and it it was just a complete performance almost like I like your point about it being perfect but I would push back and say that Auburn still stunk at the free throw line oh yeah gonna keep them from having any perfect games in my opinion because they just can't shoot free throws it seems um but you, you won the turnover battle uh by 10 you forced 14 turnovers um and you had 22 assists to four turnovers on offense, um, a ridiculously good margin, uh, something we haven't seen a lot from Auburn, to be honest. And like you said, it all started with Janai in the first half, setting the tone, dominant down low. And then the confidence just radiates through this team, and the, the highs and the lows go the same way for Auburn. When they're low, they seem to be really low right now. Um, but when they're hot, man, like, they're dangerous. They're, they're, they're as dangerous as any team in the SEC. Dylan, I'm, I'm curious to pick your thoughts here, um, and and I know we brought Cruz on for this for this exact uh, exact reason because he he brings the heat when we come to talking on the hardwood. Um, don't get a big head, Cruz. I'm just being nice, and I'm playing. I'm playing. I am a heat fan, so it's only natural. Oh, that you caught my little little pun there. How about? Yeah, that? I know what you were trying. You were trying to do that. Set me up. Thank you. I I, I kind of was, but anyways, <laughs> uh, I, I'm curious to get your thoughts here, Dylan. There are obviously, like Cruz just said, um, you, you got to get better at the, at the free throw line. And and I'm by no stretch of my the imagination am I saying that Auburn's played a perfect game. In my mind, Auburn's never played a perfect game. Um, I'm just I, I I can always find things that you want to do better to be an elite team until Auburn wins a national championship. You've never played a perfect game. <laughs> that's that's kind of how I feel. And if you win a national championship, you can be play as poorly as you want. You still played a perfect game because you won the national championship. I don't care. It's <laughs> that's that's kind of how that works, right? But I, I'm I'm curious to see. What may have surprised you? Um, why was it Katie Johnson? But um, what what encouraged you the most uh, out out of out out of this group going forward? Because I guys, I mean, I, I was looking at the at the BPI, and ESPN is giving Auburn less than a nine percent chance to win this game in Knoxville on Saturday, and I think that's criminally low. I mean, I don't think that Auburn should be favored, but I feel like that is just writing off a team that maybe kind of needed to get knocked around a little bit. I think something that really helps this team, especially with tonight, is the fact that they won this game handedly without their most consistent player. Uh, Jalen Williams only put up four points, but and you look up who picked up the slack, Dylan Carwell put up eight points. Katie Johnson, yeah, 13 points. and Would have never figured that from him. Uh, two shows ago, I was back on putting him back in the straitjacket. But tonight he impressed me a little bit. So, he should have impressed you a lot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's always I, I, It always terrifies me whenever I'm like, oh, Katie Johnson's back. Well, I don't want to get too hyped up just L- Let yet. me interject for two seconds. I don't think Auburn needs Katie Johnson to be back. I think they need uh, Katie Johnson to be average uh, and, and consistent. Carry on. Yes, yes, definitely. A- average at best is what we want Katie Johnson, and we've not been getting average. Uh, you, know, like you said the past three halves that we've seen from Katie Johnson have been some of the best basketball he's played this season in general. And I, I, I don't think that's that's not a hot take at all because just no. he's been horrendous at times and he's been reasons I've wanted to cut off the game. And, and looking at the box score and uh, Wendell Green put up 18 points, Alan Flanagan put up 22 points. And it's just still shocking to me that J- Jalen Williams put up only four points and we won this game like we did. Jay Will shot two of six from the field. I, like I looked at the box score after the game and I watched the entire game. I thought he got hurt. Like I didn't, I didn't even know he was still in the game. So I was like, oh, well, I guess we're just picking up slack from an injured player. But no, he was just quietly just putting, picking up five rebounds, getting four assists, and then that was four points. Sadly tonight, Leor Berman went 0 for 2 from the three-point line. So that kind of I sucks. knew that was coming up. <laughs> I, I do want to kind of build on your point, and I've got a good question for for crew, Will. And, Will and, and, and you and I have always praised the ground that Jay Will walks on, Will. Um, and, and I, I continue, I continue to, to be a J will truther. Um, uh, you, you showed, you showed me the light not long ago and I've, I've, I will follow you wherever you lead now, but there is an element and, and, and we, we had a, a really good conversation with this, uh, with Jacob Hillman of, of, of Auburn sports network uh, earlier in the week about this J will every single time you talk to him or you, you hear him in the media, he says, you know, my teammates keep telling me to take shots. And then he does this thing where he really doesn't get super involved on the offensive end. I know it didn't matter tonight, 
but you almost you can be greedy right now and there's nothing wrong with being greedy and saying i want more out of this is there not almost a little bit of like warning signs in your head that's like why is he not willing to do this well i can't lie with that like like dylan to dylan's point about just kind of thinking maybe he got hurt like not even really noticing that he was in the game but it wasn't like a, a negative thing you know that he, he wasn't necessarily needed and i no. think they will will be needed offensively in particular um, when you play those better teams who can just uh, also play defense but score at a high level. Um, but it doesn't really worry me because Jalen has kind of always been that guy, like you said, that who plays within himself, relies on his teammates, tries to get his, his guys better looks, you know, because he's a cerebral player, man. Um, I swear, he if you pulled up the heat chart of all the players in the NCAA – that little like button hook right underneath the free throw line that it, it's all Jalen Williams. Like he owns, he owns that area. He has to have it, you know? Um, and you know, being a heat fan, I can liken it to being like bam at a bio. I don't know if you watch NBA, but he has the same issue with a lot of heat fans. Like he looks great when he's super aggressive, but there's just games where he fades out of the game offensively. And you kind of just got to take the, ups with the downs with those guys and in instances like this you just got to look at the positives from other guys like we haven't even mentioned Trey Donaldson who I think is really playing himself into more minutes I mean he has looked yeah very solid and he he just commands that second unit I mean he could work on his defense a little bit but even there he's pretty good he's physical he's got the size to stick with the guards of the SEC so he's not just getting outplayed over here um the most worrying thing to me and this is very nitpicking I mean um, is, no nitpick, is, please nitpick. Don't don't cancel me for uh, bringing up something negative about Bruce Pearl, right? But didn't you just sit there towards the end of the game, wishing and wanting to see Treyor or Westry, these these talented freshmen who haven't been playing hardly at all? Who, yes, they really struggled, but these are the type of games where if you can get them minutes, it, he could, they could have been in the game in the first half. Like Auburn was in control for the majority of this game. And I don't think they would have lost much there. And you just, I kind of wonder about the dividends that it might would pay later on in the season when the big games matter the most um, to have these talented young players try to gain a little confidence against a team like Georgia, who was really struggling on the defensive end and Auburn was getting open looks at everywhere, like every single player. So, I mean, they wouldn't have even had to do too much to have a good game, in my opinion. They could have just spotted up in the corner and had some easy shots and maybe see a three go in, which I don't, I don't know if that's happened for Chance Westry this year. Um, so that's one thing that I would nitpick. But, you know, overall, best game of SEC play um, for the season, in my opinion, for the Tigers. Season high in points, 94, um, unless I'm mistaken, I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah, and yeah. They, they on the field goal percentage, rebounds, steals, blocks, dominated across the board other than, you know, like you said, Georgia shot the three ball really well, but they had to throw them up towards the end of the game. And so I mean, Georgia shot really... 41% from three. Yeah, yeah. And Auburn had a shot worse, but it was it was still a good game for them. And Auburn so shot 36%. You, really... you got to be thrilled with that with this group. Exactly. <laughs> you can't really be in a better spot going in to play what is ranked the number two team, Tennessee, even though they took the loss um, this weekend. I, I could I couldn't agree with you more, actually, Cruz. And and I think it's interesting. I know Dylan's ready to jump in on this because mm -hmm. you, you said the buzzword. You said the Johan Treyor word. Um, <laughs> and and uh you, you saw him really have his coming out party against USC. Dylan, I'm, I'm gonna let you expand on this. I think Westry, I think it, you, you're shutting it down for the year personally. Uh and I, I think he knows that and he's accepted that role. He's coming back to Auburn next year from all accounts. Um, I think that he knows that you just gotta accept the fact that you're your season got thrown out, thrown behind and, and pushed back because of a, an injury that you just couldn't control. Um, and, and that happens. I think that BP has a lot of uh, faith in him. But the Treyor conversation is an interesting one. Um, and, and Dylan, I'm going to let you talk about his what, what you think his value could have been or could be going forward here for a second. We're operating under the assumption he's healthy, right? We didn't we've, got no reason. We've, we've had no reason to believe otherwise. Uh, so, Dylan, I, I'm curious. I'm going to let you build off of Cruz because I know we actually had a good conversation with Jacob Hillman about this on Tuesday. Uh, what in the world is going on with keeping Johan Trejo out of games? It's like Carmen San Diego. It's like, where in the world is Johan Trejo? <laughs> he, he was averaging 11.2 minutes, and he finally got, like his, we always say, his come-out party against the real USC in South Carolina. And 
eight points for him is huge. I mean, it's not anything that's going to light up the box score. Yeah. But this is a kid you've been waiting to see this from all season. And he finally looked confident. He was, he was shooting the ball. He was seeing go through the hoop and he was uh, playing the best basketball he's played all season. And we were all really excited to see how this would pan out over these next few games. And we haven't seen him since. Uh, And 11.2 minutes is kind of shocking that he went from 11.2 to zero. And yeah, he's averaging 2.8 points a game. But I mean, when he, whenever we like, whenever he got hot, he got hot against South Carolina. And, and we're big, we're big vibes guys here. So if you see the ball go through the through the hoop, you, you, the vibes get better. <laughs> and you they do, the, they they did do. Like, <laughs> well, you looked on the schedule, and I mean, we the Bama game is going to be very prevalent on the show as it gets closer and closer. It's just like a nightmare at this point because <laughs> at some point you got to go to Coleman. At some point, Bama's going to come to Neville, and you're looking at that one player on Bama's roster, and you're like. Who's going to be able to guard him? Uh, yo, uh, we talk about Janai is not a perimeter guy, so you're going to put him up on the perimeter and then hopefully get Dylan Cardwell starting minutes on, at the five because you can't trust Dylan Cardwell with starting minutes right now. No. And Jay Will could possibly maybe slow him down, but I think with Johan's size, build, frame, all of his potential, I think he gives you your best opportunity to – even hold him down to maybe 20 points on us at this point. I, Cause Brandon Miller is just that good. No, hundred percent. And, and, you know, that's a nice little, little segue piece here. We, we've talked a little bit about how important um, this game is on Saturday cruise um, coming up. And, and I don't want to put the Georgia game too far in the rear view, but I, I think we've soundly covered those bases. And I want to get your outlook going down the stretch. You, you're, you're through the, the halfway threshold in the sec season. Folks have mentally checked out. I was actually planning on going on a, uh, on a rant, um uh before this game happened um and i'm glad this game went the way it did because i was really going to rip auburn fans apart for the piss poor display of of actual like fans in the stands tonight yeah. um that's an embarrassment and disservice to what bruce pearl's done at auburn that's a side note for you um but it, but as you as you look as you look down the schedule auburn's 17 and 5 overall they're second place in the sec they're a two loss team in the sec two losses could that should that have probably just been one loss yeah probably we're not going to go there but Quietly, Auburn is second in the SEC with the opportunity to pretty much control their own destiny. I know it's not an easy road. I get it. I understand. It requires beating Alabama twice, and I know that's probably just not going to happen. But if, if you look at, at what's coming up, Auburn's got three games that's going to determine the rest of the, of the year, and they are in order. You've got Tennessee on the road, AM on the road, and Alabama at Neville Arena in the next two weeks. In the next 10 days, you're going to play those three games. Cruz, what's the best case scenario out of those three in terms of maybe throw it winning the SEC out the window? But in terms of going down the stretch, what's your best case scenario? Um, I mean, just in those three games, I think you have to take two and one as the best case scenario. Um, you know, you hope that they can bounce back and get a win over a Texas AM team who shouldn't have manhandled them like they did in Neville Arena just about a week ago. And then, you know, Tennessee and Bama, two of the best teams in the country. And a common theme with those teams are, are really good athletic guards. Um, and that's something Auburn's just going to struggle with, in my opinion. Um, like Dylan was trying to come up with some matrix to guard Brandon Miller. There's just not a good answer <laughs> right now on this on this Auburn team, you know, and so you got to pick up the ones like you can't drop any more silly games like the one to Texas A&M at home or Georgia uh, um, or, or Georgia or Georgia. And they started tonight. Right. I mean, like, like it's like we're saying, it's you can't really position yourself to feel any better going into this kind of tough run. Um, so, yeah, I think you got to you, you don't have to throw the SEC regular season title out of the equation, um, but it's like a it, an Einstein level math equation to figure out how Auburn wins that. Um, so I think you got to kind of bring well, it right now. Down. It's pretty black and white. I mean, yeah, but <laughs> once you look into the games, <laughs> right. It becomes right. Much more, much more nuanced um, to see Auburn put together the kind of consistency that we have yet to see um, for more than a handful of games all season. And so really you just got to hope guys like Katie Johnson and 
Alan Flanagan continue to grow and be consistent. And, you know, Cardwell had a great game tonight. Donaldson, everybody was clicking tonight. It, it, I won't go as far to say as like Auburn figured something out. Cause I think Georgia really were kind of just off their game, um, especially defensively, even though they're not great there. And Auburn just had too much size. We're killing them on the rebounds. Like it's easy to win games that way. Um, when you win in those statistical categories, but you know, uh, shout out to my stepdad who said at the end of the game, he was like, uh, he's pretty much saying he hadn't seen Bruce Pearl be this calm in such a long time. Like he couldn't even find Bruce couldn't find anything to, to yell about on the court, which is very hard to do for him. Um, so that alone is pretty exciting. Like that the, the coach seems satisfied with the performance because he's a tough man to please and he holds his players to high standards and the Auburn fan base is going to hold Auburn to high standards the rest of the season. So they really just really need to get through this three game stretch two and one. And uh, then I think it'll be a positive outlook and keep rolling to the regular season ends. All right, quick question before we transfer can transition over to still hoops, a couple, a couple guys. I know that you're pumped about, you gotta be. Um, but question for you, Cruz, does Auburn have the pieces it needs to get things going in the big dance? You want the short answer or the long answer? Surprise me. Um, well, wait, I don't, I hadn't had time to prepare a long metaphor, so it's going to be the short answer. <laughs> Whatever fits on a graphic. This time. <laughs> Yeah, um, I'm going to say no, just because I feel like they're going to run into similar things like they did last year against an experienced team with long athletic guards. Um, and they're just not going to be able to shoot the ball well enough to stay in games. If they don't turn the ball over like they did tonight, then they can. But um, we've seen them plenty of times get rather erratic on the offensive end. So I'm going to say no in terms of like, I don't know what you mean by get it together, like win it or get past the second make, round or, make a deep or, run or, or um you know but there's always some magic on the planes baby like nobody <laughs> expected the final four team to do what it did so if you're a believer in bruce pearl and you're a believer in what he's building at auburn and there is talent on this team you can't give up hope until you know the final buzzer hits in in, in whatever round they go out in march madness I, I respect it. I I just thought I'd put you on the spot. I give you too many predictable questions, and I, I left this one off the rundown on purpose. Yeah, I wasn't ready for that one, but I, I liked it. I know, I, I know you did. I know you did. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna throw the metaphorical. You're good at this. <laughs> I'm gonna throw the metaphorical lob over to Dylan. Um, not the Cardwell variety, our variety of Dylan's, which is lo, uh, Lark. Uh, a lot a lot shorter and not able to dunk. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. I've seen you try. No, I'm kidding. Uh, and, and let him talk a little bit, Cruz, about – you mentioned what Bruce Pearl's building. Good night. He's not done building it yet. <laughs> and if you were also looking at some of his uh, his former building blocks, uh, Walker Kessler and Jabari Smith are going to the Rising Stars Challenge. So huge shout-out to those two and their continued success in the NBA. But we look towards the future of Auburn. Auburn picked up uh, one commit today, expecting a couple more as it gets – Closer down to, well, I guess class 2024 is further down the road. But picked up five-star point guard, Tahad Pettiford. Pettiford? Pettiford. Pettiford? Yeah, I'm pretty sure to guess that. He committed to the Tigers today. Five-star on the composite. Five foot 11, 160 pounds. But five foot 11, and this dude can dunk the ball like nobody's <laughs> business. Like, dude, it's I'm five foot 10, and I, I can barely touch that. <laughs> You know, the rim. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna be generous here, and I'm not gonna call out Dylan and tell him he's not five ten on the podcast. But um, uh, the kid's got a great game. Um, and 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 in in a world where we we've talked about and, and Cruz, you talked about it a minute ago, really building this this guard based program, um, and this guard centric, um, program that Bruce Pearl has done. I mean, you look you look through the. Through the, the the past five years alone, you you got the Jared Harper's of the world, the the Bryce Browns, the Shreve Coopers. This list goes on and on and on. The Wendell Greens. This guy adds even another X factor level, and and I think that if if Chance Westry can get his stuff together, I mean, this could be a scary backcourt next year. Um, and and I'm 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 really still very high on Chance. I'm not ready to count him out. I don't want to I don't want us to judge his freshman year. 
um, which is going to wind up being his redshirt freshman year, um, <laughs> uh, as as what he can be at Auburn. Um, that's not what I what I want us to go with. This is a guy that uh, it's going to be huge in terms of. I mean, this might wind up being Bruce Pearl's best recruiting class like ever. Like 20, 24 really might be the strongest recruiting class in the history of Auburn basketball, um, especially if uh, if if we landed another commitment of another guard, Dylan. <laughs> Uh, gonna have to struggle with this name too. Uh, LeBaron Philon, 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 I believe. Philon, yeah. So this guy's a combo guard, and, or no, he's a this guy's a point guard. Point combo guard's next. Point guard who is a four star, number one player in the state of Alabama from Mobile, Alabama. He is six foot four at guard. Tall guards, tall guards. <laughs> Something Auburn's been struggling with, struggling with as of late in all these games that we've lost. Is the fact that the other team, except for Memphis, has had a tall guard that, you know, Wendell Green, Zep, KD, none of those guys can, I don't want to say it because they're short, but can't reach. Yeah, no, you're right. Because Eric Stevenson shouldn't have been lighting it up like he was because, I mean, no one could get in his face. And that's why you couldn't really stop him because no one's tall enough to get him at the guard position. And I think you bring in a, a file on and, dude, Something something is really scary about Auburn having a tall guard. Yeah, it's a terrifying concept. Uh, and 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 another like you you were about to mention a comp, five star combo guard Dylan Harper. Uh, there he's down to his final five final five. Uh, and uh, he's been crystal ball to Duke, but his top five are Auburn, Duke, Rutgers, Kansas, and Indiana. He's out in New Jersey. Six four one eighty number four national number one combo guard. Uh, let me let me tell you a couple things about this kid. One, there's nothing wrong. There's literally no flaws I can find in this game. No matter how much I watch his film, and I've tried. Um, two, if Auburn loses another recruit to Rutgers, Rutgers can officially kick rocks. <laughs> Dude, they're the birthplace, though. You can't hate the birthplace. The birthplace of college football, not college basketball. basketball. Fair, fair point. What even is a Rutger? Yeah, what even is a Rutger? Someone explain to me what's a Rutger. The top five, the top five is very interesting because he has a lot of he has some blue boys on here, then he has uh, Duke, Rutgers, Kansas, and Indiana on this list. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but another guard who's six foot four and what is a what is a combo guard? What is a combo guard? Uh, a guard that can do it all. So he's a point point forward, basically. Correct. Uh, yeah, more of a shooter, but yeah. Because okay. these are all these positions in these sports that I yeah, combo guard's not a real thing. It's just kind of a, more of a, a hybrid one two. They can also play three if you need them to, just depending on his size. If he puts on a couple of in- like, adds a couple of inches, like that could happen, um, which is not entirely impossible. Um, for a kid who's 18 years old, um, yeah, that's a that's an exciting moment uh, for for men's hoops in terms of kind of moving forward. And we're gonna flip flip the football briefly, uh, Cruz. We don't we're not gonna bore you too much with football. We just got a handful of things. We really wanted to make this a, an Auburn basketball show, um, and, and we're in the most influ- impactful time of the season right now. So had to. I just want to give a quick shout out to Chris Richardson um, from the women's basketball team. We're a freshman uh, SEC freshman of the week. 15 points, 17 rebounds. Women's hoops, that's like the equivalent. I always try to put this like on, on the men's hoop scale. That's like the equivalent of dropping 25 and 23. That's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> that's just stupid. <laughs> and um, that, that the, the future is bright. Uh, Auburn women's basketball on a three-game win streak. We'll preview that game on the Sunday show. So you'll get to listen to that in the morning, watch the game in the afternoon. Super fun that we love to do it. We love when we have the opportunity to do that kind of stuff. Like you did on the, yeah, never mind. Not this week. You didn't get to do that at all this week. <laughs> I will but, kind of live pitch. Do you want to do like a little short uh, Tennessee preview to come out tomorrow? Just got a 10 minute video. Oh yeah, we can for sure. All right. You're welcome. Uh, you're, you're welcome for me. Get donating more of my time to you anyways. <laughs> <laughs> and I did want to, did want to highlight, um, on Friday, there's a team in Auburn who's competing for a national championship uh, on a on a yearly basis now. Um, Auburn gymnastics, and uh, that's not an exaggeration. Uh, Cruz, have you made it out to a gym meet yet? Yeah, I was there last weekend, and you know, uh, it was impressive because you know, Sumi Lee was off her game, if you can ever really say that, which means she wasn't perfect. Um, <laughs> but it didn't even matter. It didn't even matter. Yeah, don't come don't come at me for that. But she wasn't like just uh, – she wasn't even the best performer, the best gymnast of the night. Cassie Stevens was – Cassie awesome Stevens moment. Like Sophia, Sophia Grotha really uh, had a good night. I mean, like like this team is 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 loaded outside of SUNY. We know that. And, you know, the – the Iron Bowl rivalry runs deeper than football, so I'm sure Auburn fans are really, really 
looking forward to this weekend. That, oh, yeah. quote, that quote graph is really funny when it just says, Sunil Lee was off for a game. Will Cruz on Sunil Lee. Please don't. Please don't. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> the Opelika Observer is inbox is flooded tomorrow saying, fire this guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, incredible atmosphere. Um, also, Chris, if, if, since you've been in person, now you, you, you've you seen Darion Goborn walking out to God Save the Queen is the yeah. hardest thing I've ever seen. I mean, I mean, come on. Like, it is the best spectacle in sports right now. And and then her floor routine is just like the cherry on top of, of everything at the end of the night. So I, she's awesome. Yeah. You're, you're so right. And, and, and the, the amount of just moxie she carries onto the floor, she's just like, I'm better than you, and I know it. And mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, so definitely something that – Everyone should check out Friday Night Heights. Uh, the entire SEC is loaded this year. I bought my SEC championship t- tickets, got eight tickets to the SEC championship in my hometown uh, for gymnastics this year. So that's kind of fun. All you Birmingham people get all the other fun stuff. So it's about time we got something. <laughs> um, anyways, we're going to move over to football here briefly. Do you want to make a podcast? Well, Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily and distribute it everywhere and even earn money as well. All in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and literally everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it is totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, it's been so easy to get the show out to y'all, and I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. And going into the day, I mean, it was already a great day, just or a great night, That just saying, because Auburn basketball won. But the morning started off pitch perfect. Because Auburn, yes, we picked. Chilly. Yeah, a little chilly on the plane. I know we picked. <laughs> we talked about how we picked up uh, Tahad Pettiford earlier, but Auburn added two more commits to their class of twenty four and class twenty five. Class twenty four adds another cornerback and it's cornerback. If you can't understand my draw, <laughs> Jaden Lewis uh, from I believe it's from Aniston. Aniston, Alabama, baby, Aniston, Alabama. <laughs> Six foot tall, one hundred seventy five pounds, and I don't. You you sit there and look at the secondary for the future, and right now it's Hello. DJ James, Nehemiah Pritchett. You have Austin Osbury and JD Rhyme up next. Then you have Kyan Lee, and then you start next season off. You got Jaden Lewis right then and there, and I, and you, I also add in Amon Lane to this class. Dude, DB, DBU. Yeah, you're not kidding. We we talked about this on on, on Tuesday with with Jacob Hillman. And, and side note for those of you who are watching the live show and and now realizing that Will Cruz is not hanging out with us, Will did have to go tend to his cat. Um, he's definitely our hoops guy, anyways, so not a problem. Um, and and make sure you follow him at Sports Cruise on Twitter. Check out his work at the Opelike Observer. Ten out of ten. If you need long metaphors, he's your guy. He's the <laughs> the, the creator of the sweet street street sweeper. Excuse me. Still, that's a little bit of a tongue twister. Anyways. We talked about this with with Jacob Hillman on Tuesday. Look at where the concentration has been for Freeze and Company. Go get your DBs and go work on the trenches. And and I, I know that eventually you're you're waiting on a couple of guys, maybe from Thompson, maybe from Central Phoenix City, some receivers, to say that they're jumping in on this class. And I fully expect for us to have a full class at Auburn um, of of skill positions. But you're getting the job done in positions that you need to win those battles in order. Defense wins championships and and and, and winning in the trenches. Uh, this is another one of those additions that you're like, oh my gosh, Auburn got better today. And not just because they added a warm body, they added a skilled body. Yeah, and I mean, the secondary, oh, gee, good Lord, the, the work that's been put in. I mean, all through every coaching staff, really, just putting together just a star-studded, Auburn secondary, and I mean it's set up for generations now. You got three years of DJ. Well, we got two more. Well, we got probably one more year. DJ James and last probably year, one more. Pritchett. <laughs> yeah, and then going to next season, your start, your two starting guys are going to be Austin Osbury and JD Rhyme and Kyan Lee, and then in comes Jaden Lewis and Amon Lane and whoever else. Job's not finished, right? There's going to be more in this class and. 
looking forward to the class 25, just to get him out of the way, four-star defensive lineman in the class 25. He's a four-star in the class of 25. Malik Autry from Opelika High School. He committed to the Tigers today. He is six foot six, two eighty, and that's a sophomore in high school. That is six foot six, two hundred eighty pounds. Let, let's talk about Malik Autry real quick. Let, let, let's talk about the implications between him and Jaden Lewis. And, and I know I, I'm going to keep hounding it, and we're going to talk about this all through the 24s, Dylan, through the entire 24 class. You went and got a guy from Anderson in Alabama. You went and got a guy from right around right around the corner in Opelika. You're winning the Southeast Alabama right now. I, I you know, I've, I've got to do my research on what where UAT and, and and Bama is doing at in terms of, of of their their recruitment in the Southeast Alabama. But Auburn's going after these guys that they know they need to keep at home, and they're getting them early. I cannot begin to express, and and I think that you're with me when I say I expect a handful of, of recruitments probably by sp- in the end of spring ball, um, from 24s, um, if if not uh, Big Cat Week in, in in the summer in July. Um, that are that are staying home, that are seeing the vision that Hugh Freeze and and this tremendous staff. I mean, you, you, I can't echo what you say enough, Dylan. I mean, Hugh Freeze has already proved himself as a great, great recruiter. Uh, Zach Etheridge, we know what he can do. We know what Trevon Reed can do. We we know what, what the Prince who has promised Cadillac Williams what he can do. This group, yeah, right there, right there on your, your background. <laughs> great, great accent piece. <laughs> Hate you can't see it on the Auburn Daily Show. But uh, it's this is this is what you need to start. This is a good cornerstone. And 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 I don't know. If, did you get to see the the? If if not, I'm not putting you on the spot here. But did you get to see the interview with Hugh Freeze at Senior Bowl earlier today? Uh, I remember he said something along the lines uh, about Derek Holland Eculiata. And well, he mentioned that, and then he went on to talk about their his his satisfaction with the class of 23. I did not hear about that. So I'm I'm going to paraphrase here because I don't want to try to take a stab at something I don't have directly in front of me. But but what he said was he was pleased with what they did in a short period of time um, with the 23s, and and I think he shortchanged himself a little bit. He said I think we did a a, a very uh, we did a solid job. Uh, of, I think he did a great job, all things considered. He and he, he said it himself. The class of 2024 and the class of 2025 are going to be the two most impactful classes in the t- freeze tenure to determine, and he said this pretty much verbatim, how they're going to stack up with the big dogs in the SEC. He didn't name drop anybody, which that's smart on his part, but the insinuation there is the the Alabamas, the Georgias, you throw LSU in there with Brian Kelly, you throw in what, what Josh Heupel's doing in, in, at Tennessee, uh, shoot, what what Shane Beamer's doing in South Carolina, um, and, and and what we think that Billy Napier could do at Florida. And, and, and he's talking about these next two classes, he's not talking about what you're doing right now. He's talking about how how what, what they've done in the past. He's talking about how you build in the future. This is stuff you didn't hear out of the t- out of the tenure in front of you. It's stuff you didn't hear at the end of the Malzahn era. I'm not. I know. I know it's all talk right now. But so far, Hugh Freeze has walked the walk. And there's your quote. I know that. But <laughs> sorry, I got a little fired up there because I, I'm just overwhelmed at, at at the fact that, or I guess mind boggled at the fact that. Previous administrations, namely Potato Man, didn't understand the fact that there's a there's a Dylan, you you're not a stranger. There's a boatload of high school football talent in Alabama. There's a ton. Yeah, and you talk about just the boatload of talent. Uh, there's two juggernauts of Alabama high school football, 10, 15 minutes away from Auburn's campus, and there's another one 45 minutes away from Auburn's campus, and, and it it's all around that area and. You just have to wonder, like, why weren't the last two utilizing that? And, and we're going to keep talking about Trent Seaborn as long as this podcast may live. Um, I, I, I feel very confident about that, regardless about his his decision about where he goes. He's going to be he's going to be the guy. He's going to be that dude. That's one of those moments. The fact that you go and you go get, get a twenty seven, you say, "Hey, check check out this place. Check out what we're doing. See our vision. See our group." And and I know you're you're getting ready to talk about. Uh, a guy that signed here at Auburn today that you've been waiting forever. But I, I wanted to talk about the, this importance. And you get a guy like Darren Reed. And 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 you, and you talk about, wow, now we're gaining traction. We're gaining some popularity. We're trending upward in some powerhouse organizations within the state that have the best talent, some of the best talent in the Southeast, some of the best talent in the country, Dylan. That's only it, good things. It, it's it, – we, we cannot speak – enough about the job that Hugh Freeze has done in his short time here at Auburn. It's nothing short of amazing. And I, I posed a question. I got a lot of 
good answers from people asking what letter grade would you give the Hugh Freeze administration so far? And there were a lot of A's. And I think that's the best grade you can give for him. I mean, a lot of people were looking past the so far thing. and like, well, you can't really grade him before the season starts. I'm like, well, the season starts as soon as the season, the previous season ends. And and, and, and you're absolutely right. Carry on. Sorry. Oh, right, you're good. Uh, and th- the fact of the matter is, if you look at junior day, there were a couple of guys, I can't remember their name. There's a couple of high level defensive players who, again, if you didn't know, junior day was last Saturday. It was the same day as Alabama's. There was two, four or five star defensive players who were from the Birmingham, Tuscaloosa area. that were on the planes. That chose to be at Auburn. And, and 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 that just speaks to it, Dylan. Uh, I, I would I would probably give what Freeze has done so far, and you know I'm critical. I I am. I'd give him an A. Uh, you look at what he's doing right now. Now the ultimate test, and I think you'll agree with me. I'm going to be watching quite closely with these 23s, and and that's beyond the fact that I'm addicted to recruiting. It's <laughs> it's the fact that. And by the way, you're welcome for me giving you that bug. But yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's something else to to be absorbed in. But the class of 2023. Now, I'll go ahead and say this right now, is going to determine what you should expect out of Hugh Freeze going forward. And and it may not be his best class ever in terms of while he's at Auburn. It may not be his best class during his tenure at Auburn. But if it trends in the right direction, if it shows a ton of promise, first off, I think that this class could be a top 10 class, Dylan. I really do. I think the 23s could wind up being a a, a top 10 class. That's going to show you if recruit will if excuse me if Hugh Freeze is 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 capable of recruiting against the big dogs right now. I have a hard time arguing against it. Yeah, and the twenty three class is just the the talent that we see in this class. You you'd assume that oh yeah, Keldrick Falk definitely had to be an Auburn commit before he signed with Auburn. Yeah, right. Kyan Lee definitely that that had to be an Auburn guy all the way, just because this is a level this level of talent that you that you expect from schools like that. And you look back and you're like, well, you freeze in a month, actually. I think less than a month was able to flip Keldrick Falk and Kyan Lee from Florida State and Ohio State. And you look at Darren Reed flipped him from LSU. And those are all local boys. I mean, Alabama. Imagine what he can do with more time. Yeah. You give him a, a year, and I'm going to echo what you said one time. I, I, class 24 could be a top 10 class. Yeah, I'm sorry. Except when I said I, I said 23s a minute ago. I meant 24s. Um, and my, my apologies because we're in 23, and it's a whole number. But I mean, 24 and 25 are going to be two big years. 24s, I, I, that's what I meant to say. I think these 24s could be a top 10 class. Um, and there's a lot of guys that have not been evaluated for their senior years yet that I think are going to go on to being five stars. And and I I would not be surprised if Auburn not only landed one five star I wouldn't be surprised if they landed more than one five five star this year. And you can't it just go back on a guy we talked about last episode we we talked says quote Antoine Hill class twenty five four star quarterback wants to come here to develop like Malik Willis under Hugh Freeze and that speaks volumes of everything. I think that pretty much sums up the kind of job that Hugh Freeze has done in a short and time here. Let me put your answer your quote or rebut your quote, not not not, not refute it, but answer your quote with another quote here. Um and this 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 one's coming from Hugh Freeze. And I I know we do a lot of talking about oh the Harson era versus the Freeze era, a night and day difference. Yes, duh, the bars on the floor, we get this. <laughs> Even at the end of the Malzon era, if you look at Gus Malzahn's mentality when it came to recruiting and when it came to why he why he wanted to be in Auburn, I, I have no doubt in my mind that Gus Malzahn wanted what was best for Auburn. No part of me doesn't believe that. No part of me believes that. I, I have plenty of rebuttals about Harson in that regard. But when Brian Harson took the Auburn job, his logic was, well, Auburn's one of those jobs you have to take, which, sure, that's a fine answer. Great answer. Okay, understand. Um, you, you leave your alma mater to go take a job where you think you have a shot to go win a national championship because it has the resources, which I think you agree Auburn has the resources. Today at the Senior Bowl, this morning, well, it came out, this comes out a day later. So yesterday morning at the Senior Bowl, Hugh Freeze mentioned that, yes, he could have stayed at Liberty, won eight, nine, 10, 11 games a year and been just fine. Upset some Power Five teams in the, in the process, won bowl games and would have had a lifetime contract. He pretty much said that. 
his reasoning for taking the Auburn job is not just, oh, I need to go out and redeem myself and win a national championship, but not, oh, I want to go, you know, coach at this prestigious university and read between the lines. I need to go get my bag. No, his reasoning, and, and this is take this at face value, if you will. What he said was, as coaches, there's always something in us, or at least in me, that wants that opportunity to go do something special. I think that that's got to be the message that he's telling to these recruits because I think these guys recognize that at a place like Auburn, and, and, and I'm not throwing them Auburn on the Alabama, the Georgia, I mean, the LSU level yet in terms of history of cha- winning championships. But I think they realize that at a place like Auburn where you have the resources, there is the backing, there is the support, you have the opportunity to do something very special. And it's not been that long ago since Auburn did something very special. So I I I just I, I kind of wanted to throw it out there, Dylan, because I think it all circles together quite nicely. And now, granted, we're going to find out a lot about Hugh Freeze's on-field coaching mentality here in here in a couple months, and and we'll definitely learn and come the twenty twenty three season. And 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 there will be eyes, and there will be expectations. But on the recruiting trail, Hugh Freeze is a freaking winner. Oh yeah, and I mean you can fully expect that first eight A game, but you better get there early. You better get there early because you are not going to be able to. Yeah, you there. I think it's it's a just free like five dollar admission, and you don't really you just got to pick your seat. And if you don't want nosebleeds, you better get there an hour early <laughs> because you're about to see one dog who's finally on roster, finally signed to the Auburn Tigers. One Mister Four Star running back from Montgomery, Alabama, out of Montgomery Catholic, the number one running back in the state of Alabama at five foot eleven, one hundred eighty five pounds. Jeremiah Cobb has finally signed with the Tigers, and yeah, we weren't supposed to stress about it, but George Pick, the George Pickens of the world, and the Reuben Fosters of the world, kind of have haunted me for years and a decade. <sighs> it's a it's a weight lifts it off Dylan, my shoulders. Dylan, can I say I told you so now? Is that okay? Yeah, you can. Okay, well, I told you so. Um, Jeremiah Cobb's going to be a big piece uh, to this running back room. I mean, you have it listed right here on our rundown. I'm just going to read it out uh, as as is. Jar- uh, Jarquez Hunter, Damari Alston. I'm not reading off the rundown anymore. I'm just looking at you. Uh, Jarquez Hunter, Damari Alston, Brian Batty, uh, Sean Jackson. I mean, this room, man, is crazy. I think he fits in, uh, in in the rotation early. I think he gets reps, and you may see him take a redshirt freshman year. I don't think that's the worst thing. But this is one of those guys that wanted to wait to sign with his teammates on National Signing Day, and and I, I want to put this out there for those of you who were who were stressing it. Fine, I understand. Don't tweet at recruits when that was their decision making. Please don't. Just knock it off. It's not funny. It's not cool. I don't care what kind of Twitter clout you get. The kid wanted to sign with his teammates, his brothers that he's put in work with for four, probably probably eight, nine years, realistically. Um, and, and and he wanted that opportunity to share that moment with them in a special moment in his life um, and and a special opportunity for him and a he freeze offense. Uh, the, I mean, a Philip Montgomery offense that I think that we're really excited about. And if you look at Jeremiah Cobb's strengths, uh, dude is fast as I'll get out. There, This dude is a speed back. And he's joining the likes of Jarquez Hunter, who is a big-bodied speed back. Damari Alston, who's a little bit smaller, but he's still a speed back. This running back room is going to be quick. And I think that you could probably see Jeremiah Cobb put on a little bit of weight, hit that 200 marker. Yeah, uh, you would think so, for sure. Get him in the weight room, uh, especially since, well, J- Jeremiah Cobb will join the team this this summer. Obviously, he's not an early enrollee. Uh, but he will, uh, they'll get him in the weight room quite quickly. Uh, great example is I, I keep, I keep pointing back, but if you ever look at freshman Owen Papo to senior Owen Papo, holy crap, you want to talk about a weightlifting routine. <laughs> and if you, uh, reading, I'm reading his right off of his, uh, recruiting profile 24 seven. So you can find it. Uh, he played in a shotgun spread offense, which sounds a little like a few freeze offense. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, majority of his explosive runs came from outside the tackles. Decisive one-cut runner that displays natural patience and vision behind the line of scrimmage appears to have adequate, adequate short area burst and explosiveness. And under a Hugh Freeze-led offense, I'm assuming you're going to – I don't think I'm going to say assuming. You know that that adequate short area burst is going to turn to great <laughs> short area Agreed. burst. Agreed. Just gonna, I think he's going to end up being one of your 
one of your pointing at the viewers, one of your favorite recruits from this class. I think he is going to be a great running back. And I mean, it's kind of just like a pattern with Auburn. I mean, we've had great running backs year in and year out, except for a couple of years. Uh, and if he's familiar with running out of the shotgun, that means he's familiar with pass blocking folks. And I mean, he's got some great running backs to learn behind. And I don't think he could ask for a better running back coach. I I could not echo that sentiment more, Dylan. <laughs> uh, this is it, Jeremiah Cobb's a special guy. Um, and, 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 uh, He's going to be a special player at Auburn, um, and and if he's not, come back and clip this. But I feel pretty confident in, in saying that. And I I've got a lot of high ceilings for a lot of guys on this uh, in this recruiting class. Jeremiah Cobb has kind of flown under our radar. We've mentioned him about you know how we're holding out. You know, no, we need to worry. Um, this is his moment. So really, and and remember, Jeremiah Cobb's been committed for a while. <laughs> um, this is his moment to really and enjoy the fact that he's going to be part of the picture going forward. Um, and, and I, I think that Auburn fans have a lot to be excited about so much more football coming in the coming, in the coming weeks and coming months, Dylan. And that's going to start this Saturday, um, Saturday night, rather we're going to record for the Sunday show as we always do. We'll have men's basketball, we'll have women's basketball with we'll recaps and gymnastics. Um, maybe we'll um, talk about um, our favorite barbecue joints in Auburn. We still need to do that. Um, so uh, we got a lot of exciting stuff coming up and we've got ESPN 106.7 host of on the line, Jacob Goins. He'll be here on the Sunday episode. Really excited to talk some ball with, uh, Mr. Goins. Uh, my favorite memory of him was, uh, watching the NFL draft. He's a Packers fan and watching them just not take a wide receiver, um, in the first <laughs> round or the second round and watching him bang his head into a wall. Um, so that was a lot of fun. Um, Dylan, I'm really excited about it. I'm Harrison Tarr at by Harrison Tarr on Twitter. You can find all my written work at the Auburn daily. Um, you can also watch me on TikToks at the making bacon, if that's something you're interested in. And uh, you can uh, check out all of my um, graphics that I make that are just like one tenth of the time on the college loop. So Dylan, I'll let you get us out of here. Great episode. Shout out to Will Cruz for coming on. Definitely probably going to have him on again sometime next week. And we're looking to bring on uh, rivals, Caleb Jones. Um, so we could talk some crouton, crouton everywhere, Dylan. And uh, yeah, that's all I got. So that's all yours, Dylan. Yeah, huge shout out again to Will Cruz. That is, he's at sports underscore Cruz. Cruz spelled C R E W S, not like the song Cruz. <laughs> uh, yeah, and you also catch all of his work with the Black Observer. But yeah, I am Dylan Lark at your boy the tank on Twitter. That is Y A B O I the tank. Also, catch College Loop on all social media platforms except for MySpace. That is TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. All that jazz. And you can also catch me on the Auburn Daily every Monday and Wednesday talking everything Auburn sports 24-7 just about. But that's right. That being said, this has been the College Loop Podcast.